you know, Brian, uh, there's one phrase I've heard far too much over the last year. Can you guess what it is? Uh, it's got to be something to do with, like, let me put it on the calendar. Let's get a Zoom call. I don't know. <laughs> you want to hop on a Zoom? Close, yeah. Can you see my screen? Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 392 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. How you doing, Brian? Also, you you blew through that opening. You know what? I'm ready to get down to business. <laughs> I we, we got an outline. We got stuff to talk about. People are going to think they have their speed turned up or something. <laughs> and if they do, they won't be able, you'll be a chipmunk. They won't be able to understand you, man. I mean, that's the goal. We're going to talk at 1.5x for this episode so that you can slow down your audio in your podcast app so that you listen to us at 1x and it sounds great. Let's get into uh, Golden Ratio supporters and very important pixels, Brian. Do you really think we can keep this up? Probably not. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, yes. Let's get into it. First of all, huge shout out to Around. Around is a lightweight video call tool that floats on your desktop. It's video calls designed for collaborating, not for having meetings. Designers love it. We're using it right now, actually. Mm-hmm. And this is this is now my preferred video tool of choice, especially for things like this, where we're collaborating and writing notes together for an episode. And we just have our little faces hovering over all of our windows. We don't have to app switch around. It's great. We like it. You should try it out. It's at around.co slash design details so thank you around for supporting the episode this week thanks around we also have some new very important pixels this week vips welcome to the fam we're still getting a good nice strong list every week i'm so happy so so proud strong turnout strong turnout yeah Yeah. it's it's encouraging the the sidebars are still useful for folks so Mm -hmm. here we go huge shout outs to tim notzel colin hadley kristen al camden gabba gabriel lieberman josh huben Preeti Shriya, Edward Lake, Nick Giordano, Caleb Hill, and James Molino Birch. It's not delivery. It's Giordano. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Anyways, let's get into some right. tweets here. A little bit of a tweet. I just wanted to read this one out. I thought this was a nice one. We don't read out too many tweets these days. Yeah. But Nijat Oral tweeted at us. And said, I'm pretty sure I've said this multiple times before, but Design Details manages to answer questions that I'm seeking at that particular time, almost every episode. I don't know what magic it is, but I'm here for it. <laughs> we um, can read your cool. mind. That's what it is. Yeah, we can read your mind. Yeah, honestly, this podcast is just for you. Uh-huh. And it's a Truman surprise. Show type situation. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was about to say, surprise, Truman Show. <laughs> Everyone's been watching you this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all just here for your entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This podcast is funded purely to solve your individual problems. Nobody mm-hmm. else's. But glad to hear it's being useful. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a good opportunity to remind folks that if you have topics that you think we should talk about, you can open an issue on our repo at GitHub slash design details slash design details. So. Or just we'll, think about we'll, them and we'll read your mind and you know the next episode it'll answer your question. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our main topic for the week. This one, relevantly, comes to us on GitHub. This one comes from Jessica Tong. Jessica wrote us a very nice issue saying, Hi, Design Details team. Hello. I work at a small startup with less than 15 people and I'm the only designer. Recently, I've had a performance review and my manager, who is the head of product, has recognized that I'm lacking in quote-unquote strategy skills. I seem to mostly come up with short-term ideas. For example, we have a problem regarding X, so I'm able to come up with multiple solutions. 
I've also been to a job interview where they said that I was lacking in high-level strategy skills. I'm unsure how to develop the skill and think of my work more in the long term and plan for the long term. My manager has suggested a book called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Rumel, but other than that, he does not know how to help, probably because he's from a product management background, and I should be developing a UX strategy skill. Do you have any advice or resources that you can point me to where I can grow in this area as a product designer? Thanks in advance. Kind regards, Jessica. What a nicely formatted question. Excellent. Let's try to answer it. (laughs) It was funny when Marshall, you and I read this and we were both like, I don't know if either of us are good at this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which makes it kind of a scary subject to talk about because, yeah, I think strategy skills like is kind of a hand wavy thing to get better at. So it's hard to know like who's good at it, or at least I recognize that I don't think I'm good at it, Mm -hmm. but you know, we talked about it and maybe we have some ideas that are at least useful fodder for discussion. So yeah. Does that sound right to you? Do you feel like you're a a strategic mastermind? I am not definitely not a strategic mastermind, but I do have people around me who are, and I pay attention to them. So maybe we'll have something decent to say here. Okay. So I guess we should start off with just thinking about what a strategy even is, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, a long-term, higher-level goal that you're working towards, right? Oxford's English Dictionary defines strategy as... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that would actually be useful. Right? <laughs> it's, it's like every book report. Yeah, but okay, so it is. It's the art of planning and directing. Well, it comes from the military, right? Military operations and movements. Mm-hmm. But it's a plan of action or policy designed to achieve a major or overall aim. So... When you're thinking about strategy, like becoming better at strategy, it's like thinking better about what the overall aim should be Mm -hmm. and then how you would execute your way towards that through tactics. And I mean, the first thing that we thought about here is like you just get better at it over time. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know a way you could shortcut being good at strategy because it's a long term endeavor. Like, how do you know if you're getting good at? reaching long-term goals in the short term like how how can you be a young person that is good at this (laughs) so i feel like there's just maybe there's like shortcuts to it i don't know but maybe you just need to show up and do the work for many years and watch how other people have laid out a strategy and be a part of the tactics and day-to-day that's either successful in reaching that end goal or unsuccessful and trying to recognize what you think are the reasons that that something was successful or unsuccessful right Mm -hmm. so practice just pay attention especially you know even to your point marshall like you're surrounded by people who are better at this than you but the fact that you're paying attention i think says a lot so you know go talk to people obviously you've asked a podcast (laughs) and we're gonna do our best to help but just asking and being curious about what strategy skills even are, like who in your organization do you think is really good at strategy? Like go talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. Working on stuff is going to help you see the shapes of different kinds of strategies more clearly. It'll help you understand the way orgs are structured and the way planning happens on a quarterly and half and yearly basis. Mm -hmm. Being exposed to those kinds of meetings and those people I think will be useful. Yep. Yeah, I guess I kind of think about this from an OKR standpoint. Maybe you haven't heard of the term OKR. This is like Google's whole thing, right? Yeah, and I mean, I've seen it in other companies as well, but it stands for objective and key result. So typically the O's, the objectives, are long-term goals. 
you usually when you use this for planning, it's quarterly and you do like quarterly OKRs, but you usually have like annual OKRs as well. But they can be longer, but like the, the objective is generally big, bold and kind of vague, or at least like it's less specific than any of the key results that you'll achieve on the way to that goal. And, and to that point, key results are those short-term achievements that, that drive you towards that goal. So knowing what the objective is helps you define what the key results are. We'll need to do this, and then we'll need to do that, and that will lead to this, and eventually we'll get to that objective. Yeah. What do you think about that, Brian? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, we use OKRs at GitHub as well. I just find like there's different granularities for each of these things, right? Depending on where you are in the organization. I feel like maybe the term OKRs has become just abused because there's like, is a quarterly OKR a long-term goal? I don't know. Three months isn't really long-term from my point of view, Mm -hmm. but relatively compared to like building an individual feature, maybe three months is a really long-term thing. And so you want to have an OKR. Anyways, I don't know. The language has always been confusing for me just because there's different granularities that you could be thinking about an objective. And I don't know if strategy applies at like the quarterly half or yearly or longer level and like what is the the thing that in this case Jessica is trying to get better at. But yeah, like as a framework, sure, there's a goal and then there's going to be results that you track to make sure that you're on your way towards that goal. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I want is, is there a distinction here between the O's being qualitative and the KR's being quantitative? Like an O yeah. is, there's not a number to it. It's not like you're trying to move the churn to a certain percentage. It's that the churn is too high or yeah. the leak is too big, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean by kind of vague where it's like, yeah, we want to make X better. Okay, well, here's how we're going to make X better. Is we're going to we're going to ship yeah. three new of these things and we're going to update that thing and then we're going to revise these other two things and if we meet those goals or get close to them, we know that we'll make progress towards that objective. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least we'll learn more uh, about how we can get to that objective. If those things don't work, we'll at least learn from them and that will help us define other KRs. What about um, uh, working more closely with teams, or I guess we mentioned this already, but like getting involved with other disciplines around you and learning how they work and how they think about their strategies? Yeah, I I mean, you know, going back to the beginning when we said we're not self-identified great strategic thinkers, like the thing that I'm doing to try and get better is just get involved with the people who are doing the strategic thinking. Like how do I get myself into the meeting where planning is happening? And try and just soak it up. Like, how Mm -hmm. do you prioritize things? How does a team prioritize and then org and then a company, right? Like trying to get your ear to the ground to see how those decisions get made, how leaders are making trade-offs, how leaders are identifying, you know, dependencies within different things that could be built or problems that could be solved. That's what I'm trying to get the most exposure to. And so I guess that would be some advice here is like find the people who are doing that kind of planning, especially in areas that you're not familiar with, right? Like on the engineering side or or Mm -hmm. the PM side, like how do you get involved in understanding how those roles think about the planning process as well? And like building a little bit of more holistic view on it. It's not just about design strategy, but it's about company building strategy or Mm -hmm. problem solving strategy at like a high level, right? I think that was one part of the question, like, should I be developing UX strategy skills or product strategy skills? And I feel like having that distinction is potentially limiting. Like you want to have problem solving strategy skills or company building strategy skills. That feels more important to me here. Here, Here's another dumb thing, which 
I don't know that I've done this a lot, but when we were brainstorming this topic, I was like, okay, this is, I can imagine somebody doing this to try and get better, which is exploring hypothetical situations in your mind and like trying to become a strategic analyst for the industry that you're in. Mm -hmm. And the example that came to mind for me is like, obviously live audio is kind of the hot talking point right now. Mm -hmm. Clubhouse has been tweeted about to death. And now the whole conversation is, you know, what, is the role of live audio in consumer software or even maybe not even consumer software, but just software in general. Like, is this a format now in the same way that stories uh, ended up becoming a format that everybody kind of appropriated into their own specific use case. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I imagine you could run hypotheticals in your mind. Like you could try and put yourself in the shoes of a company like Spotify, you know, like Spotify has for many years said that they just want to be the hub for audio. So that's why they're, investing so much money into podcasts alongside music. Mm -hmm. And they recently bought a company called Locker Room, which is like a clubhouse clone, but for sports. And you could run hypotheticals like, okay, why did Spotify make that acquisition? They're trying to shortcut their way into live audio play. You can think about like, what, where would live audio go in this app? What role would it play? How would it interface with podcasts? How would people discover it? How would you handle push notifications for it? Distribution, permissioning? Like, I don't know, you could go down these crazy rabbit holes of trying to imagine what would Spotify's version of Clubhouse be? And I imagine there's lots of interesting things that you could come up with that are specific to Spotify, right? Like, okay, well, mm. because Spotify has music and it has podcasts, therefore it could do these other kinds of things that Clubhouse would never be able to do, right? Like, you could have listening parties alongside other kinds of content. I don't know. I'm just spitballing yeah, here. But no, but this is a good thing because like, I think when you think about a product that isn't your own product, there's a level of being removed from it that helps you think more clearly about it. Maybe you don't understand all the ins and outs and that might change, but you're not doing it for real. You're just you know trying to think through it as a hypothetical. So having that detachment from it and not being nose to the grindstone on it all the time and knowing it as well as you know your own product might help you do better at the brainstorming. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like there's something here even about just like tech news and how you can become a slightly different consumer of tech news because obviously people write about what is changing with companies all the time. For example, the fact that I know that Spotify acquired some random company <laughs> is just a little factoid, but there's ways to be like an active consumer of that information. So, you know, the factoid is Spotify acquired some company. But you could spend a lot more time thinking about the repercussions of that or trying to put yourself in the, the shoes of Spotify as they're doing that. Like, okay, are, are they buying it for the tech? Are they buying it because they want to get into sports broadcasting? Mm -hmm. Both. What about, do you think they're buying it to fast track? Like, they just don't have time to build it themselves. Do you think they don't, have, they don't have the skills to build it themselves? Like, I don't know. There's all sorts of ways to be more actively engaged with tech news besides just reading the headlines and understanding that a thing happened, mm -hmm. but instead going a level deeper and trying to understand why it happened, what do you think the company's going at, where, where are they skating towards, can you see ahead of the curve a little bit based on the day-to-day -day sort of trading activity? I don't do this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, just feel, I feel like if you're interested in strategy, you could do this. Read the tea leaves. Yeah, like I think there's a couple blogs that are very famous for this like stratechery is the one that comes to mind mm. it's ben thompson's thing we'll have a link in the show notes but stratechery i think he publishes every day it's a paid newsletter but occasionally articles are free and he just writes all about tech company 
and I, I, he writes all about their strategies and like trying to pick apart why he thinks companies are doing certain things. So he's been writing a lot about the audio space recently. So maybe you can find other publications like Stratechery or at least just start there. And that's might be a way to at least observe how people talk about it and how other people think about it. You know, kind of same thing we were talking about earlier within your organization, like talking to people who are working on planning and getting familiar with that, but also outside in the broader industry, trying to read about how other people write and talk and think about your company's strategy. Even if you work at a company that's getting written about, like that can be kind of fun. One thing that Jessica mentions here is that she's good at doing short-term ideas, like come up with short-term ideas for short-term problems and you know, come up with a way to solve it. Maybe one way to think about this is to kind of look at all those short-term problems and see if there's a larger cause to those symptoms rather mm-hmm. than just mm-hmm. addressing each symptom individually. Try and see the bigger picture and, and, and see if there's any connection to those things. Like, can I have a larger goal that if I solve this bigger thing, it will solve all of these smaller things in one fell swoop? And then work towards that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. I feel like this is part of just growth as a designer, like going from somebody who is being told, here's a problem, fix the problem, to being the person who identifies the problem in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then probably the level above that is identifying multiple problems and prioritizing them correctly and like recognizing the dependencies among those and like how you would sequence the solving of certain problems to accomplish a, a, a larger goal. So yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like try and find patterns, commonalities, look upstream from just the one solution, like building a feature to how do all of these features connect? And I think that requires, you know, escaping the boundaries of whatever your team, your org, and like thinking about how does this impact the overall company or at least one level higher than where you're operating at now. It seems like good advice. <laughs> yeah, zoom out a little bit. One thing that's interesting that I noticed here is, is Jessica says she's uh, part of a small startup with like a dozen people and she's the only designer. This becomes less of an issue when you're at a larger company because there are people who are better at this and your individual requirements or like your individual responsibilities aren't necessarily going to encompass coming up with strategy for the entire org as far as your your discipline is concerned. So that's one good part about being in a larger company is people look to you less for this type of thing, especially if you're not good at it, you're not comfortable with it, you're not interested in it. And maybe that's something to ask yourself is like, you'll probably have to do it anyways because it's part of your role. But like, if you're not interested in something, it's good to recognize it and know that what you're doing is like to serve a purpose rather than to scratch an itch, you know? I guess I could flip that. Like, I think that makes sense but also it is an opportunity to be at a small startup because the strategy might change a lot and you might actually have a tighter feedback loop of knowing if certain strategies are working or not or at least oh, true you'll have more access to the people who are defining that strategy right like at a team of 15 people i would assume you're working and communicating regularly with the founders like it said you oh, said yeah. you report to the head of product that's a great opportunity to be around the people who are defining this because there's only 15 of you so hopefully you have pretty good visibility mm-hmm. and the more visibility you have i think you'll you'll learn a lot and the smaller you are the faster you can move usually you know you're a speedboat yeah. right now <laughs> like if yeah. if something doesn't go exactly right um, assuming you have enough runway to keep trying things then that's good. You'll learn something from it and you can really quickly try the next thing. Yep. 
Okay, well, this has been uh, an interesting conversation. I, I feel <laughs> I feel like now I need to go read this book and, and think yeah. about strategy because it is something that I've been trying to get better at, but I haven't been doing it. I don't know. Maybe I haven't been as intentional about it as I should be. I feel like out of all the advice we just gave, I think the only thing I'm really doing here is just trying to become more involved in planning within my company. So yeah, this was fun to think about. Thanks for the question, Jessica. Yeah, great question, Jessica. Thanks for sending that in. Brian, you want to do some cool things? Yeah, I think you're first this week. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so my cool thing this week is a music artist who started off as a YouTuber, actually still a YouTuber, but like he, he comes from the YouTube world, not from the label world. His name's Quadeca, or that's his, like his fake name, stage name. I don't know, Stage. but uh, he he has a new album out, just came out on the 31st of March. Uh, it's called From Me to You. It's a rap album, but or like a hip-hop album, but it's got lots of really interesting soundscapes. And so the guy's like 20, and he did the whole album himself. It's taken a couple of years, but he did the entire thing himself, mixing, producing, playing most of the instruments. I think he, he outsourced a couple things like drums and guitar but for the most part like he's doing all of these amazing very sophisticated soundscapes and just modes or movements throughout the song like it's not it's it's like really sophisticated music especially for a guy as young as he is um yeah but i've really enjoyed it i made you listen to one of the songs i think the first single off the album called sisyphus which is about a guy pushing a rock up a hill. It's a nice metaphor for the song that he's talking about. But the whole album is pretty dang good. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And yeah, I'd recommend that you listen to it. Give the guy some props. I love being in on like the the kind of upswing of an artist. Like as you see them growing substantially from one album to the next before they like get big. That's always really exciting for me to like watch that growth, you know. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like your last one was Billie Eilish. You got you you really yeah. rode that whole wave. Yeah, yeah. Hobo Johnson never really took off, but he's awesome too. Yeah. I'm actually I have his YouTube channel pulled up and I kinda wanna go back and listen to like some of the or or watch some of the early videos that made him famous. It looks like his most well known videos are like the styles of rap playlists. Like yeah. he's had millions of views, which is cool. Yeah, he's yeah, those are his big ones where it's you know, fifteen different rap styles so he'll he'll make up a verse that is in the style of the type of shit that that rapper says and then he'll rap it in the way that that rapper raps those always get yeah. huge views but he's he's really good like the kid's a good rapper he's a little white kid from the suburbs but he's fucking amazing that's pretty cool though like this is a pretty unique youtube presence then because he went from doing one thing to like actually creating the thing that he was sort of evaluating i like that a lot well i think he's been making albums since he was like 15 or something they just weren't very good okay <laughs> well he, he he got better yeah he got yeah he got better yeah and like i said his this album i think is his best but the previous album voice notes was also very good i had that on heavy rotation for a while so yeah just in general good artist check him out awesome okay my cool thing this week is a web application. Mm -hmm. It's called Reading, but without an I. Uh -huh. So it's Tumblr. R-E-A-D-N-G dot co, reading dot co. Uh, Marshall, you know Letterboxd, the app for, for I movies? I do. Yeah, yeah. This is that, but for books. Hmm, okay, is okay. That the, the simplest explanation? Yeah, that's good. That's, you know, in, in Hollywood, it's always, when you pitch a movie, it's always this movie meets that movie, right? But I feel like in, in app world, it's like this yeah. app for this for, need. Yeah. yeah. Uber for books. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
No, this is this is letterboxed, but for books. Cool. And it's really nice. It's this is an indie app, so this is uh, one designer working with maybe one or two engineers as a side project and an illustrator as well. Hmm. And it is just a lovely little piece of software. If you go to the landing page and just scroll around, you'd be like, you know, the person who made this has taste. It's like very nice. It's clean. It's organized, minimal, mm-hmm. and good use of, I don't know, just typography and not much color. It's pretty much just black and white. Mm-hmm. But the interaction design is nice. There's little touches of animations on the buttons and things like that. I would recommend creating an account. I I have an account and I used it to you know mark off some books I've read. And then I tracked a couple of books that I read in the last couple of weeks. And it was really nice. And one thing that's so great about it is it's just a web app. But if you open it on your phone and sort of save the page to your home screen, mm-hmm, it's very much architected to feel exactly like an app okay. as a home view bookmark. I don't even know the right word. So there's like styling. There's a tab bar. The interaction design is really nice. In fact, this is the kind of thing that makes me be like, oh, man, you know, Web apps actually could have made a play in the native space. Obviously, native apps won. But this is an example of a well-designed web app in the native context. Like, it looks and feels native, but it's web. It's very cool. So anyways, for people who are into tracking reading or you can follow other people and get, like, a feed of reading activity among people you follow, if that sounds like something you're into, I definitely recommend this. It's uh, reading.co. That's reading without an I. Link in the show notes. Oh, love it. All right, well, let's get out of here. This has been episode 392 of the Design Details Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter, as always, at Design Details FM. Tweet at us. We love hearing from you. We love feedback on the episodes. Give us some tips, ideas, feedback, praise, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, maybe more praise than critique, but, you know. It's all good. Tweet at us. I appreciate we love it hearing all. from you. Otherwise, of course, you can ask a question or give us a prompt to talk about on a future episode on our GitHub, github.com slash design details slash design details. Just open an issue there and uh, we'll try and get to it in the future. So thank you this week to Jessica Tong for asking about strategy and building strategic thinking skills, (laughs) which we're going to try and get better at ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, if you are enjoying the show and want to consider supporting us, you can do that on Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash design details for just a dollar a month. You get access to a second episode a week. It's like kind of like a second mini episode, right? It's Mm -hmm. a special supporter-only segment of the show called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. This week's sidebar, we talk all about the metaphors of product roles. Designers like to consider themselves architects, you know? Mm -hmm. We're laying out blueprints and Uh and you get into like, should architects know their materials? Should designers code? Anyways, we're going to talk about all about... role metaphors in your job. So if that sounds interesting and you want to get access to all of our past sidebars and future sidebars going forward, basically that bonus episode every week, go to patreon.com slash design details and you can support us starting for just a dollar a month. Just a buck a month. So thank you to everyone who joined the fam this week. We will catch you over in the sidebar. Bye. You know what I was thinking is, so at the very beginning of this episode, it sounded like you were rushing through the welcome to episode 392 of the Design Details podcast. I'm Brian Levin.
But maybe it was just because there was like lag and it sped up your audio. Did oh, you actually say the beginning oh, really fast? I actually did say it out loud kind of fast. Okay. All right, good. I'm like, am I going to have to go back and <laughs> fix our opening? Because you didn't actually say it fast. I only heard it fast because if not, I'll just speed it up <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> 1.2x.